And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Our text tonight is taken from Revelation chapter 16. We still want to do verse 2 to 4. I want to pick up from where we left off on March 31st, 2021. Two weeks ago, we left off teaching on Revelation chapter 16. Let's read verse 2 to 4 quickly. Uh, I promise you I might not reach on verse 4 tonight. Amen. But uh, let's read the text. Verse 2 to 4. Revelation chapter 16. Verse 2 reads, and we are still talking. This particular text is referring to what's happening in the three and a half years left on earth. Amen. That's what this portion of scripture is describing. The church has raptured the enemy. Amen. The evil one has now been revealed. We have the first three and a half years, praise the Lord, which is referred to as the mild tribulation, where you have the, the, uh, um, you have the trumpet judgments and the scroll, the judgments, the seal, sorry, seal judgments, trumpet judgments. Now we are into the vile judgments. Things get progressively worse. And I will do a brief review of where we stopped last week, but this is our text. I like to read the text before we get into the particular material. Amen. It reads, And the first angel went and poured forth his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore. Amen. On the people who took the mark of the beast. I think there is more to that text. Can you? Upon the men which had the mark, men here means human beings, upon the human beings which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. The first angel poured out the vial and a violent sore broke out. Let's see what happened when the third angel poured out the vial. Verse 3, and the second angel, sorry, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. First angel poured out his vial upon the earth. Second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. And what happened? It, tell, it tells us here, and the sea became as blood as, it's not blood, but as, it's a metaphor, a simile. It became as the blood of a dead human being. And every living soul, every living creature in the sea died. Amen. So here goes the fishing industry. Let's go to verse 4 quickly. I want to read the text. That's what we intend to cover tonight, hopefully. But I need to do some review to bring us up to speed. Verse 4 reads, And the third angel poured out his vial on the, on the rivers and fountains of the waters, and they became blood. Amen? And as I said, I think we touched on this two weeks ago. We said that same particular event took place in Egypt. So we see the very same plagues that took place in Egypt being repeated, but now on a worldwide level. Amen? Glory be to Jesus. Hopefully, none of us who are here in the house tonight will be here. We'll all be raptured. But we have to discuss it because it's a way of keeping us, amen, alert. It's a way of keeping us educated so that we'll be able to tell others, amen, of what is to come. And of course, to keep on the narrow path. So, like I said, I want to pick up from where we left off on March 31st, 2021. If you can recall, since we spent some time discussing a, com a common saying that has recently surfaced in Christendom. And of course, as I said, 
the last time. Unfortunately, it's becoming extremely popular. And, um, uh, and, and we went ahead and we discussed it. And the saying I, I mentioned was that some people said that because God is love, because he's a loving father, then there is no way. Amen. God is going to judge humans in the way the book of Revelation states. There is no way God is going to send the people to hell. That's becoming very popular. Again, people are presuming that because God is love, then what Revelation discusses might not be. But if you can recall, I stated that according to the scripture, Amen. They state that God will not send anybody to hell. According to scripture, it is not God who's sending anybody to hell. You remember we said that. And I want to make that abundantly clear because I did get some questions on that. It is not God who's sending anybody to hell. We are told in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. This is God's will. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. And we are quickly reviewing before we get into some new material. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. This is God's will. God's will is that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. Amen. The entire verse reads, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise of return. Amen. His word is his bond. God is not slack. As some men count slackness. And the reason why scripture is saying that is because it's been a while. We are told that God is coming. God is coming. He's on the way. He's on the way. And people asking, well, when is he coming? The scripture tells us the reason why he's delaying is because he's long-suffering to us. Word. Amen. He's long-suffering to us. He wants everybody to go to heaven. And here is his will. The second part of 2 Peter 3.9. Not willing that any should perish. Isn't that a blessing? But that all. Can somebody say All. Not only the 144, according to the Jehovah Witness, but all, A-L-L, all living soul, all human beings should come to repentance. All means all. I know some particular, and I will not name these people, a particular religious sect teaches that God has chosen those who's going to go to heaven already. So it doesn't matter whether or not those who have not been chosen try to, they can't. That's called partiality. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 2 verse 11, God does not practice partiality. The Bible says God's will is that everybody goes to heaven and he's delaying coming so that everybody could accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that correct? John chapter 12 verse 47. Quickly I'm reviewing because since I need to drive that down in our psyche. God is not the one sending anybody to hell. I'm going to show you from scripture. God wants everybody to go to heaven. And I'll show you how people are choosing to go to hell. John 12 47 reads. For I come not to judge the world. Jesus it's in red. Amen. In the King James if you do have a King James. Jesus said, I came not to judge the world, but to what? Save the world. Well, let's read the entire verse. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to what? Jesus is saying, while Jesus is saying, while people are saying God is 
will not send anybody to hell. Jesus is saying, look, God, I, we are not the ones doing that. People are the ones. Do we didn't come to judge the world. That's not our intention. That has never been God's intention. And the world needs to know that. We as Christians should be able to defend that when people say that. It's not God's will that any should perish. 2 Peter 3.9. Right here, Jesus said, I came not to judge the world. John 12.47. John 3.17. We are familiar with John 3.16. For God's will of the world. But John 3.17 is the kicker. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to what? To condemn the world. I mean, how many times must God say, I didn't come to condemn. I didn't come to judge. I didn't come so that people could perish. How many times does God have to tout it throughout the entire Bible? So God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. Adam put the entire world in jeopardy. God sent Jesus to restore. But humans have a choice. Human beings have a choice. Human beings have what? A choice. When Dickens, when you were praying, I said, God, you gave me that sermon tonight for sure. Well, every night he gives me the sermon anyhow. <laughs> but it was just confirmation. Uh, Joshua said, choose you. We got a choice to make. Human beings have a choice. We are the one who choose to go to heaven or hell. God will not force you. You have, you and I must be equal participants in our delivery we must be equally invested in our eternal state and so god has made the provision you and i have to accept it oh god we give you praise it says here john uh, joshua 24 15 choose you this day whom you shall serve do you know what the interpretation is that the, you, this is my interpretation. Stop messing around. Choose God or choose the devil. Make a choice. That's what she's been praying. Now is the time to make a choice. If you are not fully convinced that God is, is God has your best interest, well then go serve the devil. That's what Joshua is saying. You have been with God for such a long time. He's taking you from Egypt. He's taking you through the wilderness. And here you are messing around. And you are praying. It Now is the time. It's a, we are living in a crucial time. Now is the time where you got to say, I'm all in. Not I'm halfway in. I'm all in and I'm going to live that way. And that is what we lack in Christendom. Too many people. Too many, too many people. Too many of us. Too few of us are not all in. That pause was deliberate. Too few of us are not all in. We still think it's okay to put one foot in and keep one foot out. Oh, we are equally invested in everything else. Making money. Uh, getting uh, everything else. We are fully invested. But when it comes to the things of God. Things that matter when you go to heaven. We are not fully invested. We slack. You know, we get easy. We get light. 
So Joshua said, look, people have always had a choice. Always had a choice. Isn't that correct? I, I always say this right here. The best grace God could have bestowed upon humans is to give them the ability to make a choice. That's a wonderful grace. I also think the exercising of that choice can lead to our doom. The best grace that could be stood upon us. If you don't have a choice, you are now a robot. How many of you like to be robotic? You just, how many of you just hit the robot? Just hit robots. See, robots are not real. They just... God did not want us to be robots. So he gave us the ability to make a choice. It's one of the best gifts God, has could, God, could, has, God could have given us. But exercising that choice can lead us straight to hell. You got a choice, saints. That's what Joshua is saying. Joshua said, and I'm saying this because a lot of people keep saying it's God who's sending us to hell. No. You are choosing. I am choosing to go to hell. I am choosing to be here tonight. Everybody who's here chose to come here tonight. You will your way to come here tonight. You push your way through. Regardless of, regardless of the barriers the devil placed in your way. For some of us, it's, uh, there no bar for some of us, there's no barrier. It is a thing we do. Wednesday night, we're in church. Sunday morning, we're in church. And the devil stopped harassing us because he realized that's it. For others, it is a challenge. So Joshua said, choose you this day whom you shall serve. Mm? Serve the Lord of Lords if you're fully persuaded that he has your best interest in mind or not. Even Elijah, you remember Elijah said to the children of Israel, why holds you between two opinions, interpretation, stop messing around and serve God. Let's read, can you go to, can you go to um, uh, 1 Kings 18, 21? I'm sorry if the language is a little too hard, messing around. Can I, be, can I be more polite? Can you give me a better way of saying stop messing around? Huh? Stop being double-minded. That's, yeah, that's right. Double-minded. Amen? That's more palatable. Double-minded. That's more acceptable. That's easier to swallow. Amen? Yeah. Stop being double-minded. We are told here, Elisha, in 1 Kings 18, 21, and Elijah called, came unto all the people and said, How long holds you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people said, Nothing. Because they know that they were halting between two opinions. They know they were not giving God their all. Let me tell you this as a Christian since. Don't you waste your time being a Christian. You'll only see, you'll only experience the benefits of Christianity if you are all in. Yeah. If, if you are all in. You will never experience the benefits of Christianity. And then what happens, because you are not all in. And you claim to be all in. You will not experience the blessings of God and what going, what's going to happen is you're going to get uh, discouraged and frustrated. And then you might just backslide. You'll only experience the blessings when you're all in. You know why? Jesus went all the way in. Jesus tried, a you know, Jesus tried to take a shortcut. He went in the garden and he prayed. 
He said, God, can, can there be another cup? He said, <laughs> sweating, saying, can you give me a shortcut? Can you make it easy on me? How many of you happy Jesus did not take a, God did not give Jesus a shortcut? Yeah, yeah, but many of us are now looking for a, isn't that unfortunate? Looking for a shortcut. Looking for a shortcut. No integrity. Yeah. That's the problem we have in Christendom. Just knowing no spiritual integrity. And it burns, it hurts, it's disappointing. People with so much potential who can go so far in God. Looking for a shortcut. That's why when you prayed last night, it is not playtime. It is time to make up your mind. I knew you were in the spirit. God told me the same thing this afternoon. Very we're living at a very crucial time where the remnant is showing up. Those who are for real with God, showing up. You know you got business to do for the Lord. Amen? <sighs> Hebrews 3.15 says this right here. And we'll bring it to an end almost. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15. So, people exercising the wrong choice. I mean to say like, you remember Pharaoh did the very same thing. Pharaoh hardened his heart. That's what people are doing. They're making, and then they claim God is the one sending them to hell. No, God is not. He's not the one sending us to hell. He's not doing that. That's not his will. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your, as in the provocation. God said in the wilderness, these people, they provoke me in the wilderness. God called it the provocation. Their, diso their continual disobedience in the wilderness, hurting God, disappointing God. He makes a way. He brought water out of a rock. Think about it. He opened the Red Sea. The Red Sea congealed. The water stood up like a wall. And they went next in the wilderness saying, well, can God bring us meat? Who gives? Who cares about meat? He just took you through a sea. God, Lord have mercy. God reversed every law. He enacted every law from creation. He enacted. He reversed every law. And here you are asking for a piece of chicken? No, no. <laughs> oh, God, I give you praise. <laughs> Father, we thank you anyhow. And brothers and sisters, we can learn from that. God, we thank you. So the Bible tells us, harden not your heart. As in, the as in the provocation. Every day, people are getting rid of the barriers God put in their path. He's putting barriers in the path to prevent them from going to a lost eternity. The fact that I am here tonight preaching is a barrier God has placed in your path. If you're looking, for those of us who are here, this is another barrier raised in our path. But you have a right tonight. You have a choice to accept what is being taught or not. You can go home and say, well... Uh, I'm not sure if pastor was correct about it. I heard him. He looked passionate and so on. But, you know, I'm not sure. Or you could say, hey, man, it's in the Bible. I'm going to make a choice to accept it. 
the majority of the first and second book of Thessalonians is talking about the, about the end times. The book of Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 10 shares some more light on those who perish. It's referring to the last three and a half years. I have never seen this before until the Lord showed it to me. Brought it to my attention. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10. For that matter, can you back up to verse 8? I think it's one sentence, but it starts from verse 8. One sentence. You know, sometimes the sentences may be four or five verses. So you can look at them separately. If you look at them separately, then you are, it's not rightly divided in the word. Because there's a train of thought being communicated. So let's back up to verse 8. I want to spend some time, not some time, but just explain a little bit about, on, I want to discuss verse Verse 10 a bit, and then I want to ask you a question the Lord asked me. Hmm? How many of you agree that the doctor, is it the doctor, the farmer must first be a partaker of the fruits? The farmer must first be a partaker of the fruits. Is it the farmer they usually say? Anyhow, but the, <laughs> how many of you have heard doctor heal yourself? You have not that expression? Okay, well, let me move on. You got verse 8? 2 Thessalonians chapter 8, verse chapter 2, sorry. Verse 8 reads, And then shall the wicked be revealed. He's talking, this is referring to what we are discussing. Revelation chapter 16. The three and a half years into the great tribulation the bible it says here and then shall the wicked be revealed that's the, that's the antichrist whom the lord will consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy him with the brightness of his coming what the bible is saying after the three and a half years is over when at um at the at the what's that war that great war we spoke about armageddon that great war armageddon when jesus appeared to fight the Antichrist and his armies. The Bible is saying there will be no fight. He just told us God is going, Jesus is going to destroy him with what? The spirit of his mouth. The word that comes out of his mouth and his brightness. All of a sudden, the Antichrist and all his army will be in Megiddo in that valley. Are you with me? And then Jesus will just open up. The, the, the sky will just open up and Jesus will come. He will just say, die. <laughs> and his power, his glory, his brightness is going to consume everybody. There'll be no fight. Tell the world there is no fight against Jesus. They are going to bow. It's either you bow now or later. There is no fight. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Verse 9 tells us, even him... Who's coming is after the working of Satan. He's talking about the devil. Working here means the word work. That's where we get the word energy. The antichrist source. His battery source is the devil. The little power God gave. You remember when God created Satan as, as an angel? God never took his power from him. So that little bit of power he has. He's going to give it to the antichrist. Whose working is of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Mm -hmm. Verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. This man is a, he's, he's, a, he's deceptive. 
And he's going to deceive a lot of people. In them that perish. Here is what I want to discuss with you. Here is why they perish. Because they received not the love of the truth. Can you wait a little bit please? My mic just a little bit. Because they believe not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Why, why did they perish? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. The reason the people perish as the Holy Ghost led Paul to tell us is because they received not the love of the truth. It carries the idea of someone who would welcome the truth. And brothers and sisters, look, look, I want to tell you tonight, brothers and sisters, do you love the truth? Do you love the truth of God's word? I need to ask you that. Because Jesus is coming back for people who love the word. Many people claim to love God, but they don't, they don't love his word. How is it can you claim to love God and not love his word? Not be in love with the word of God. And the Bible is saying that is why they perished. They had no love for the truth. And you are saying, why am I saying the word of God is the truth? The Bible tells you in John chapter 17 verse 17. Jesus said, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is what? Truth. God's word is what? Truth. John 14 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. They had no love for Jesus Christ. No love for what he says. And I'm asking you since, do you have a love for Jesus and a love for his word? I'm, I'm asking you, you better sit down because the people who don't have a love for his word and a love for him, they are the ones perishing. It doesn't matter how much you jump up and down in church. <laughs> it, it, that's why when she prayed it's not a time to play it is, this is a serious time now it's time for us to get serious and I'm asking you like God asked me do you have a love for the word of God do you have a love a real love for Jesus because you cannot love Jesus without knowing about him from his word since I get what I'm saying, it is impossible to love Jesus Christ, amen, and not have a love for his word. Praise the Lord. So, so brothers and sisters, you hear me very carefully. Tonight, I want you, as you live here, to, to ask yourself, do I have a love? Do I have a love for God's word? Do I have a love for Jesus? This is what David said about the word of God and about Jesus. He said in verse 1, Psalms 119. Can you go to verse 92? Psalms 119 verse 92. Amen. This is what David said about God's word. David says, unless thy law, the word law is a title for God's word. God's word is in Psalms 19. God's word is called law. The law of the Lord is perfect. God's word is called testimony. The testimony of the Lord is sure. God's word is called judgment. Are you with me? So all these are different titles for God's word. Here David uses law. He said unless your law had been what? 
<laughs> David is saying, when I was running back and forth in the wilderness, in the wilderness from Saul, unless your word was my delight. He said, the only thing I had in my back pocket was an Old Testament. And that's why I got my strength. That's why I got my sustenance. That's why I got my power. And it, it was my pleasure to break open the Bible and read. That's where David said he got his sustenance. That's where David said he got his strength. Psalms 119. Can you go to verse? Is that verse 93? Can you go to the next one? I didn't. Verse 93. Yes. Next door. David said, I will never forget thy precepts. Why? For with them you have what? Lord have mercy. He said, with your word, your word made me alive. You know why they are dead Christians? You know why Christians say Christianity is boring? You, they have no word. Anytime you hear Christians say Christianity is boring, ask them to give you five scripture verses. Book, chapter, and verse. And you will know why. It's boring. It's because they have no word. David said, the Holy Spirit through David said, I will never forget your, your word. Why? For with your word, <laughs> you have quickened me. You made me alive. Proverbs 4.22 says, God's word is, it is, it is medicine to your flesh. Let me say that again. God's word is what? Medicine. If, if every Christian believe God's word is medicine, they would read the Bible. They would binge. Is binge a good word? Binge on the Bible. Let me say that again. Can you go to, yeah. For there. God's word is life unto those that find them. The word health means medicine to all their flesh. Flesh means this right here. If I believe God's word is medicine, how many of you, when the doctor gives you a prescription, you take a prescription at the right time, the right amount every day? Right? Because you believe that's going to keep you healthy. It's going to bring you health. If we believe the same way, if we believe that God's word is what he says it is. <laughs> it is the word health means medicine. I believe the great, I believe, and that's just me. I believe a great part of my health depends on the, this right here. I know that, I know that, I know that. A great part of my health depends on devouring the Bible. Not sleep. Thank God for sleep. I barely get sleep anyhow. Uh, recently, I said I have to start working on that. That's not good. <laughs> My wife is having a good rest. And you can, she's expressing herself in sleep. And my, my eyes open. I'm saying something is wrong. I should be getting that sweet sleep. God's word is what? Medicine. If every Christian believes that. We would binge on God's word. And I guarantee you, if you binge on God's word, all these issues we have in our flesh, they will evaporate. Just like you take the medicine and you get well. So if we binge on God's word, same thing will happen. But the average Christian don't believe that. The average believer don't believe that. Isn't that unfortunate? 
This is what God, this is what Paul said to the saints in in um, in Thessalonica. It's going to go to First Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen. Quickly, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen. It says Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, is writing to the saints in Thessalonica, and he said, "For this cause also." Thank we God without ceasing. Paul said, man, we're rejoicing unceasingly. Why? Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of what? Men, but as it is in truth, the word of what? That is how we should receive the word of God when it's preached and taught. And when we read it, it's the word of God. It is God breathed. That's what the Bible says. It's God breathed. God possessed men and women. And they wrote the Bible. All scripture the Bible says. Is given by divine inspiration. All of them. Is God breathed. God was the one who did it. Wrote it. Through human beings. The very first time God came from heaven. And he wrote on a tablet. Human beings broke it. God said I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to put it in a book <laughs> Moses God gave Moses the Ten Commandments you remembered he came from the, mount, from the mountain and he broke the Ten Commandments he got so mad God said the next time he's going in a book praise the Lord so it can be printed over and over again so we want to receive God's word in truth as the word of God. Notice what the Bible says when you receive God's word as the word of God. It works effectively in every believer. Which worketh effectually also in you. In them that believe. When you believe God's word as it came from God. Then your body, your life is going to experience the promises of God's word. If you take it as a word of a man, it won't do you that much. But if you see it as God speaking to me, God, I give you praise. When you read Psalm chapter 5 verse 12, and it says, God will bless the righteous with favor. Will God compass him as a shield? Lord have mercy. When you read that and you say, God, you're going to compass me with favor as a shield. I am now truly the untouchable. <laughs> oh, because that's from God that's not from a man God is telling you that but you have a choice you can believe it or not you can read it get up go drink a glass of water burp and go home or you can read it and say you know something this is really God and God I thank you for your word I'm going to believe your word I'm going to say your word not only that I'm going to memorize it and not talk about well, I cannot memorize because my head. No, no. These excuses we make. Because we remember what we have to remember. How many of you, you know every basketballer? You know their name, you know their number. You know their shirt number, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you know? You know every song, every song of Michael Jackson. Be there, be there. Yeah. That, I, <laughs> but when it comes to memorizing a scripture verse, all of a sudden now we got problems. Well, Pastor, I can remember book, chapter, and verse. I can see why. The fact that 
Saints, all I'm saying is, tonight, God has sent me here as a barrier. If you're here tonight and you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is not the one sending anybody to hell. This sermon is a barrier to prevent you. Get off the Broadway and get to the straight gate. Hmm? What do we have to do? Get off the Broadway. I think it's Matthew chapter 7. Can you go to verse 12 or 13? talks about the Broadway and the straight gate. Matthew chapter 7. I think verse 13. Can you go to here? Enter you in at the what? What type of gate it is? What type of gate it is? Straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to and that's what the Philippian Revelation chapter 16 we're talking about. They're going. Many of them are on the Broadway. The Broadway leads to destruction. That's what he's saying here. We'll see what type of destruction it leads to. The Broadway leads to destruction. And many there be which go in there. It's right there. Many there be which go in there at. Many people are choosing to go the Broadway. And the Bible tells you the Broadway leads to what? Destruction. Can you go to verse 14? Verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Can you say, Thank God I found it? Yeah, yeah, thank God I found the narrow way and the straight gate. Amen. Thank God I found Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's what really matters. And so, in Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, can you go there quickly? We are told that the people who rejected Jesus Christ, the people who rejected the love, who rejected the love of the truth of God's word, the people who embraced the devil, the devil's, um, what should I say, his teachings, his trickery, his lies, the Bible tells us this is what's going to happen. The church is going to rapture. Three and a half years left. And then is the end of eternity. The time of grace is over. At that time, nobody can get saved anymore. Everybody who had to get saved, they're now saved. And this is what's going to happen to people who reject Christ. People who straddle the fence. People who reject Christ over and over. People who got the opportunity to turn their life unto Jesus Christ and they reject them they reject Jesus Christ over and over like tonight praise the lord <laughs> the bible says god's wrath is going to be poured out in the form of the the bible says the first angel went and poured out his vial upon the earth who's on the earth at this time are unbelievers you have 144,000 Jews preaching, two witnesses preaching, and then you have people who left town and went to live off the grid in, uh, in grass huts. Because what's happening now, the Antichrist has taken over, and to eat, you must take the mark of the beast. Praise the Lord, you've heard of the mark of the beast. To eat, to buy chicken, you know, we like chicken, chicken and rice. To buy chicken and rice, you must take the mark of his beast.
You must take the mark of the beast. And the Bible says if you don't, you're going to be beheaded. Or if you go, get off the grid and live in a grass hut. Then you might make it past the three and a half years into what the Bible refers to as the, mill the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. But brothers and sisters, make no mistake. It is going to be a very turbulent time. We are told here, this is what going to, that's going to happen to the people who took the mark of the beast and worship his image. Can you go back? Can you go back to the first part of the verse? It says, there fell a noisome and grievous sore. Can you put our exhibit of the people who... Uh, the exhibit showing the people who saw uh, the word of the word here we have the word noisome the word saw means a wound can you thank you so much so the bible is saying this is just an exhibit just to show what it's going to be like when the church is raptured and god's wrath is being poured the bible says the first angel is going to pour, pour out his vial and there's going to be a noisome and grievous sore. The word sore here means a wound, an ulcer, an abscess. The word noisome means dangerous and destructive. So it's going to be a dangerous and destructive abscess and ulcer. And the word grievous means it's going to be painful and contagious. It's incurable. So God strikes the earth, the people who are living on the earth, with dangerous and destructive, painful and contagious wound-like ulcers and abscesses. They won't be able to be cured. The church is gone. These are people who rejected Jesus Christ over and over and over and over again. And God is sounding an alarm, telling us in advance, that's what's going to happen. That's why it's important that we make our calling an election show. Amen? Now, these plagues are poured on whom? We are told, and I'm saying it over and over again. These plagues are poured on people who took the mark of the beast and people who worship the image of the beast. Can you go to verse 2 quickly? I got, I got to run to verse 2. Verse 2 tells us, uh, verse, can you go to verse 3, I mean? That's the first vial, and the second angel poured out his what? The second angel poured out, poured out his vial. In the wrath of God, it's now, 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 this is what I want you to keep in mind now. The first vial poured on the earth, the second vial is now poured on the on the sea and when the angel the third angel poured sorry the second angel poured his vial upon the sea it became as the blood of a dead human being now it wasn't blood it is as it is like are you with me saints it is not blood itself but it's like blood it's going to get very red and every living soul in the sea died Every fish, no more shrimp, no more oyster. Uh, what else? What else we like in the sea? No more snapper, no more sea crab. How many of you love shrimp and sea crab like myself? Lord have mercy. Ooh. But we won't be there. We'll be in heaven. So here goes the fishing industry. Now I want you to keep that in mind. This is the vile judgment. 
This is bringing into completion what the trumpet judgment started. God began dealing with the sea during the trumpet judgment. Can you go to Revelation chapter 8? Let's see what happened. Revelation chapter 8 and let, let's read verse 8 and 9. Quickly, quickly, so we can bring this to a close. Revelation chapter 8. And we are told, don't forget, quickly, we had the seven seal judgments. We had the seven trumpet judgments. And then we have the seven vile judgments. Praise the Lord. Seven seal, and it's getting progressively worse. Seven trumpet, seven vile judgments. Mm -hmm. These are the trumpet judgments. The Bible tells us the second angel sounded, blew the trumpet, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the... And when it was cast into the sea, we are told the third part of the sea became what? Blood. Not as blood. This time it's blood for real. Verse 9 tells us why it became, there was blood. And the third part of the creatures in the sea died. Eh, a third of all the fish died. How many of you know that's going to be bloody? Not only the fish, a third part of what? Oh, hold on. Let's back. Let's. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea died. And had life died. And the third part of the ships were what? Destroyed. How many of you know now there are people living in certain parts of the world on the sea? You know that well. There are people living in the sea. These people, a third of everybody living on the sea, people are going to die. That's why the sea is going to be full of blood. A third of the fish is going to die. A third of everybody who's on the cruise on a cruise. The ship, are you with me? Ship right here, the cruise ship. Well, saints, I, I know it's not good news. I know it's not, but it's going to happen. God said so. And all these people are those who rejected Christ. These are not Christians. And the Bible says, and it's not something for us to be happy about. Let me say that whenever I teach the book of Revelation, I'm a little passionate. Because my heart hurts. People are really going to go through this right here. That's the trumpet. An asteroid. The Bible calls it a mountain full of fire. An asteroid is going to come from heaven. And hits the earth. And a third of all the people on cruise ships going to die. A third of all the fish in the sea is going to die. A third of everybody living in the sea is going to die. That is why there is going to be so much blood in the sea. Now, now that's the trumpet judgment. Now the Bible tells us. The vile judgment is going to kill everything now. The trumpet judgment destroyed a third. The vile judgment is going to wipe everything out. Are you with me, saints? I want you to see what's going on. Amen? How many of you know that 70% of the sea... Let, 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 let me read it properly. The oceans cover approximately 70% of the earth's surface. Let me say that again. The oceans cover 70% of the earth's surface. Right now, we only live on a third of... Everybody in the world lives on a third of the land. Two-thirds of the land of the earth is covered with water. Think about it. What's going to happen?
Now, a third of every living creature in the sea is gone. First trumpet judgment. We have here in Revelation chapter 16 verse 3, the vile judgment. Mm-hmm. How then are we told? We are told that everything in the sea, now, every living creature in the sea, died. And the entire, not a third, but the entire sea now is red. What happened? We do not know, but a lot of people have speculated that, how many of you heard of a red tide? Have you heard of a red tide? Can you bring up a, a red tide? Let, let me explain what a red tide is, maybe. Um, I think a red tide a red tide is an, it's an algae that grows on certain areas of the ocean when it comes in it kills everything every living thing in that part of the ocean it's an algae this is an example of a red tide. I have numerous exhibits. Can you go to the next exhibit? So you'll see exactly. This is a red tide. It's an algae that grows in the sea. The entire sea. Now, can you go to the next exhibit? The next exhibit. Quickly. Not this one. The other one that deals with the algae. This right here is, a, is an example of a red tide. You see the sea here looks like it is red. Looks like blood. But it's not blood. It's red. Now the entire sea is going to look like this right here. The way an algae comes is this way. Uh, the upswelling of nutrients from the seafloor. Often, fo often following massive storms, changes in temperature, nutrients, salinity provides for the growth of the algae. In the last three and a half years, there's a lot that's going to be happening. The temperatures are going to change. The sun and moon is going to change. We might have numerous uh, new moons. How do we call these moons? Uh, what we had recently was it a new moon we had recently when it wasn't a new moon it was just the reflection of the light yeah an eclipse it wasn't is it an eclipse we had recently when they said don't look directly into the sun you remember that time anyhow during that time a lot is going to be happening and the changes in temperature is going to cause algae. That's what some people think. However, God is going to change the sea red. I'm not sure. But this is what I know. God is the one who created every creature in the sea. In Genesis, you remember Genesis chapter? Genesis chapter 1. Let's read verse 20 and 23. And watch. Can you go to the next exhibit that shows as a result of the algae, the dead fish? Yes, this right here. Can you imagine? This is how the entire world is going to look. Every bitch is going to look like this right here. Because of the algae. 
the Bible says every living soul in the sea is going to die. Every fish is going to die. And since this is what we know in Genesis chapter 1 verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that have life. And fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Verse 21 reads, and God created great whales. And every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. And the Bible says, God saw it was good. And verse 22 says, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let fowl multiply in the earth. God is the one who created every creature in the sea. When the second vial is poured, God is destroying every creature he created. God said, I gave it, and I can take it away. It's going to be a very turbulent time. And for those of you who are watching tonight, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, now is a good time to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now is a good time to move from darkness into his marvelous light. Because the day is going to come when the opportunity to accept Christ will be taken. Nobody will be able to accept Christ during that time. So if you're looking today and you are not saved, now is a good time to think about the love of the truth of God's word. If you're here tonight and you're not saved or you are saved and you, you've strayed away and you are straddling the fence. You got one foot out and one foot in. Maybe it's time to bring both feet in. Mm -hmm. And worship Jesus Christ. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you'd pray this prayer with me tonight. You know the Bible says that let me read this quickly before I pray to pray. Can you go to, I think it's Matthew chapter 16. Can you go to Matthew chapter 16 verse 2? Matthew chapter 16 verse 2, quickly. Jesus answered because, you see, human beings know what time it is. We can tell when it's going to rain. How many of you know that? That it gets cloudy and you can tell. You can see the signs that's happening now. Jesus is soon to come. That's what he's saying here. Jesus answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather. Mm -hmm. For the sky is what? Red. There are no clouds. It's going to be beautiful. Continue, verse, verse 3. And in the morning, it will be foul weather. Today. For the sky is red and what? Lowering. In other words, very cloudy. And he said, Oh, you hypocrites. Can you continue? You can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. And I'm saying now the signs of the time is telling us Christ is about to return. Jesus is on the way. And now is the time to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. So today if you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. If you pray this prayer with me, then you can move from darkness into his marvelous light. You now have, make your calling and election show. 
Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. He went on the cross for me. He took my place on the cross. He took my sin on the cross. And tonight, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you, if you believe that, can you give the Lord a, a thank you and say, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you accept the Christ as your Lord and Savior, send us a note at IOGM Tally at gmail.com. That's IOGM T-A-L-L-Y at gmail.com. We'll send you some information and help you grow and become a warrior for the Lord. Amen. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.